0: This is the First Emanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. There's a story that took place, oh, back in the 1880s. There's a story about a, a preacher who was what they called a circuit rider. And he would jump on his horse and he would take care of four different churches. Now it it came to the point where his horse was just a little bit too old to handle riding to four different churches on the period of a Sunday. So the four congregations got together and they purchased a new horse, a young horse for the pastor and he found such joy in training that horse and he even taught the horse to giddy-up, although he didn't use the term giddy-up. Instead, he taught the horse to move when he said, praise the Lord. And when he wanted the horse to stop, he didn't say, whoa, instead it was amen. So a time came for him to take that horse out on its first circuit run. And the pastor got on and he said, It is Sunday, and we are to preach the gospel. Let us praise the Lord. And the horse took off. And the pastor was pretty excited. He said, praise the Lord, it works. And the horse went faster. And he said, oh, praise the Lord, make it stop. But the horse went faster, and forgetting all of the commands that he taught the horse, he yelled, whoa, and stop, and he said it in in Greek, and Hebrew, and Latin, and German, and English, and nothing worked, and he knew that he was heading toward a cliff with a 40-foot drop-off not getting the horse to stop, he prayed with his eyes closed, Heavenly Father, I'm about to end this earthly journey that you have guided me on and I pray that you would allow your holy angels to guide me in their arms and take me to the bosom of Abraham. I pray it in your name. Amen. And the horse came to a screeching halt right there at the precipice of the 40-foot drop-off. The preacher took his hat off He wiped his brow with his handkerchief and said, praise the Lord. (laughs) We're going to talk about praising the Lord. And maybe, maybe we think we should have started the whole sermon series with the prayers of praise. But I think maybe it's fitting that we conclude it. Because praise is profitable, and I think sometimes we think praise is, is only about God. Well, it is about God, but not only about God, because I believe this. The more we praise the Lord, the more benefit we have for life. You see, when we praise the Lord, we find our answers to the fundamental questions of life. And everybody has these same fundamental questions. Whether you believe in Jesus or you have some other God or you have no God whatsoever, there are, there are three questions in everybody's mind. And the fundamental questions, the way you answer them, really affects the manner in which you look at life. The three fundamental questions are this. Who am I? Why do I exist? And where am I going? And I'm convinced that when we praise God, we find the answers to these questions. So the first question is, who am I? So in the Old Testament reading, we heard this, O offspring of Israel his servant, children of Jacob his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. So if he is our God, it's only natural then that we are his people that we are his children. He created us. It starts back in the garden when God reached down and grabbed the dirt to the ground and fashioned the form of a man and breathed into him the breath of life and man is both body and soul and then the rib is taken from the man and made into a woman and God says to our first parents, be fruitful and multiply. And they did. And that's been going on for generation after generation until finally here we are. Procreation is God's creation. It's that God has given us life. So we were intentionally created. We're not an accident. In my dining room uh, hangs a a, a picture. I think we have a copy of it. There it is. Uh, It's a picture of Jesus, the good shepherd, surrounded by sheep. This uh, print was given to me as a farewell gift from my vicarage church in Oklahoma City. It was Good Shepherd Lutheran. One of the members of the church painted this. She was in her 70s, and she told me the story behind the thoughts that she had while painting. She explained to me that she was an unplanned pregnancy, and her mother reminded her of that continuously. I did not want you, her mother said, even to her when she was a little child. And she said, My mother told me, even when I was young, if abortion was legal, I would have had you aborted. Never wanted you and never needed you. I want you to think what it would have been like to grow up by hearing a parent tell you that you were never wanted. That there was thoughts of getting rid of you. She went on to tell me that it was only after she really came to realize the love and the grace of Jesus Christ that she felt that her life had any worth. She said, you see, I am that one lamb that stands on the rocks, in the shadows, frightened, and yet Jesus called me and gave me life. You know, we hear a lot about self-esteem today and we're trying to figure out how to conjure up self-esteem. So when our kids are little, we give them a trophy and all they have to do is stand on the field and breathe. Or we come up with other ways to make people feel good about themselves and whatever. I think what we have found is there's no real esteem to be found just in self. It's not really self-esteem, it's Christ-esteem that gives our lives purpose and meaning and direction. There's no greater esteem than that of knowing that God intentionally created you and that he gave himself on a cross to redeem you and to give you eternal life. And this is why the psalmist could say this, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who you are. That's who I am. We are children of the Heavenly Father, saved by his Son, Jesus Christ, given new life, given eternal life. So, between now and that eternal life, why do I exist? Why am I here? It's a great question. It's one that's been asked by nearly everybody. Our Old Testament lesson says, Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. In other words, we were created so that we could praise our God. But I wonder if we really understand the full concept of praise. How many of you, when you hear the word praise, raise your hand, how many of you think of singing? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think most of us think of singing. That's what praising God is. It's about singing, and it is, but I think we shortchange the idea of praise when we limit it only to singing, or we limit it to one hour a week here in church. I've told you this before, I had a little child from the school stop me in the hallway. Pastor, he said, when we go to heaven, is it true that we're going to sing 24 hours a day forever and ever? And I said, no, no, we will, we'll sing some, but I don't think God wants to hear me sing 24 hours a day forever and ever. We'll do some singing, but we'll do other things, and what we're going to do is praise God in so many ways. Oh, he said, and he left with such a relieved and relaxed look on his face. Praising is more than singing. It includes singing, but it goes beyond singing. You know, in in the Old Testament, the people brought sacrifices to the Lord. And some of those sacrifices were thank offerings, and some of them were sin offerings, but every single one of them had an element of praise, giving thanks to God that he forgives sins, giving thanks to God for just being God. And we don't sacrifice anymore. Nobody's Shown up to my office lately with a goat or a lamb or a couple of turtle doves. And that's because we don't have to sacrifice anymore. Because the sacrifice came in the flesh. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Who takes our sins away. He has come. His sacrifice is good. Once and for all. All people and all time. And now... We praise this great God of grace and forgiveness, but in essence, we still sacrifice. Because Paul says this to the Romans in chapter 12, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. A living sacrifice. Oh, the Old Testament sacrifices were about death our sacrifice is about life, about living our lives to glorify God, to honor God. You see, we praise God by the manner in which we live. So Paul could say to the Ephesians in chapter 2, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is really about living our lives in the manner in which they were intended to be lived. So we're praising God when we love him with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind. And we're praising God when, when we love one another. When I was younger, my mom's birthday would roll around. I would always ask, Mom, what do you want for your birthday? And she would put her arm around me and she would say, it would be nice if for my birthday, you boys would just get along. Maybe I could make you a picture or a... I think maybe our heavenly parent has that same thought, that same attitude. If you really wanna praise me, why don't you love one another? And, and And I think this is what Jesus meant. When he said in Luke 9, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And what Jesus is really saying is, come on, praise, praise the Father with me. Do what I'm doing. And, and so we praise God when we forgive as we've been forgiven. We praise God when we show mercy to one another. We praise God when we're gracious to those in need. We praise God when we guide those who have gone astray. So while we're on earth, let us praise God by making a difference in the lives of one another, in the lives of others. Because we know where we're going, don't we? Again, our Old Testament lesson, save us, O God, of our salvation and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. We are on our way to heaven. Ours is a God of salvation. So when we praise the Lord here on earth, when we do this, we're not only preparing ourselves to to praise him outside these walls, we are also being reminded of that great and glorious day when we will be in heaven praising him forever. So I believe keeping an eye on heaven every single day gives us a new perspective on each day. If you're having a tough day, I think it's good to be able to say, oh, but the perfect days are coming. Yesterday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, I received a phone call from the Cedarburg Police Department. I've been serving as their chaplain and My job is to make death notifications, and yesterday I had to sit with a 12-year-old whose mother suddenly passed away from an unexpected medical issue. And he sobbed. And as he sobbed, he, he looked up at me and he said, "'But you do know my mom's in heaven now, and she's okay.'" Yes, we talked about that, about being in heaven, where everything is going to be okay. He celebrates this coming Wednesday, his 12th birthday, and he'll do that without his mom. But we talked about the day that, that he and I will be able to be in heaven and that he'll be able to introduce me to his mom, and we are going to have the best party ever. The knowledge and the belief of heaven was the only piece of light in that boy's day yesterday. But even if you're having a good day, and I'm sure you've had those days where you say, boy, I wish this day would never end. This is amazing. I just want you to know that any day in heaven would be better than the de- best day here on earth. All this is from our God, who gave himself to us in love so that we could respond with praise. That's what we do. We respond with praise. We give thanks in all circumstances. Our Old Testament reading concluded with these words, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week and God bless.